the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. And I'm here. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Got Joe as my wingman this morning, which always makes me happy. I am on am860theanswer.com, and you can reach me live either on your radio at am860, 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time, or you can Go to my website, drbillradiomd.com, and click Listen Live. Or go to the station's website, am860theanswer.com, and click Listen Live. We're also an iHeart station. I think we're still an iHeart station, aren't we, Joe? That's right. We are on the iHeart Radio app at am860theanswer. You can hear us all over the world. All right. And we are your international AM860, and I am your international Dr. Bill. So, my platform is anything and everything. I talk about just about anything in the world. I'm at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600 if you want to join the show. And I'm going to start off this morning by making a comment or two about James Comey and his testimony before the House committee. I guess it was a Judiciary Committee behind closed doors. And basically, he said, I don't remember, I can't recall, I don't know, uh, just basically refused to answer any questions. And the Judiciary Committee has been under Republican control for four years now. And they've had ample opportunity over the past two years to step into this investigation of the misbehavior of the FBI and the Clintons and the Obama administration, and they haven't done it. They have not done it. Uh, Paul Ryan did not want to stir up a hornet's nest, and I understand that he was looking back at the repercussions from the impeachment of Clinton back in the 1990s by the then Republican House. And it's hard to say whether or not he's correct in his approach or was correct in his approach. He'll be retiring at the end of the year here. Nevertheless, I have been saying for the past several years that the Republicans, while they have the power, better step into it and implement some form of investigation and punishment for these, what I perceive to be crimes. I I think it's a 
uh, an abuse of power. It's lying to Congress. It's uh, it's falsifying data to the FISA courts, and or not presenting the data to the FISA courts. And and I think that it's it's criminal. And it it, it the the FISA Act, which I read, the Patriot Act, was the update of that in the early two thousands. That came in during George Bush's term after nine eleven. George the second, that is. And basically, it was just an update of the FISA Act, which is a Foreign Intelligence uh, Surveillance Act that was passed in the 1970s, which was an update of something that was passed back in the 1940s. These things build on each other. The FISA Act that was updated in the early 2000s included electronic uh, media and communications because in the 1970s there was no internet and so there was telephone surveillance but in order to make it fully legal it was expanded but every single paragraph every single section of that bill that act has a disclaimer that it cannot be used when there are first amendment rights at stake and there are specific limitations on how it can be used and on what has to be presented to the court, the special courts that are set up by FISA in order to give uh, ex parte, which means one-sided approval to prosecutors to survey, surveil, tap, listen to, spy on people whether they're outside or inside the country. It's supposed to be outside of the country, but obviously it's spilling over, And which was one of the concerns that the Democrats had, by the way, when the Patriot Act updated the FISA Act back in the 2000s. And so here they are doing exactly what they were crying against, using this as a tool to survey, surveil American citizens who haven't done anything and so that's a big problem that has to be addressed. Joe, are you there? Are you there? Oh, well, it's, I'm getting a message, poor network connection. Uh, so if you folks aren't hearing me out there, call me and tell me. All right, I'm good. <laughs> I'm hearing these beeps and buzzes. It's at the uh, other end. It's not at my end of the studio. So I'm going to hold Joe responsible. Oh, my God. No, you sound great this what morning. What are we going to do with this man? Take him out back and beat him. I don't no, think that'll help, do though. That. That's not right. So The problem is, is that the Democrats are not honoring their FISA Act and the Patriot Act, and we're not holding them responsible. And to me, that's a crime. That's the crime. The real crime is that we're not acting while we have the power. Uh, I, I think that Trump is trying to be a nice guy and walk the middle road. He has all of this material in hand. He knows exactly what has gone on at the FBI. He's the chief executive officer. He gets briefed on everything. And he's the one who decides whether or not the uh, 
information is released to Congress, and then Congress can decide whether or not to release it to the public. I'll release it for God's sakes. We're not babies. We're not idiots. Well, we'll see what happens. Now the Democrats are in, and they're going to go right after Trump, and uh, maybe this will be a little lesson for him. Joe, are you still there? I keep hearing uh, uh, a beep, and, and then it says, okay, as long as it says poor network connection, as long as I'm okay, I'm, I'll keep moving. Okay, buddy, thanks. Well, I wanted to talk about uh, Facebook and social media and their censorship of, of the right. Now, there's been reports that uh, conservative social networking has been stepped on by Facebook and Twitter and other social media platforms. And we also know that Google does track us, and we're interested in alternatives to this. But one of the problems is that when you do start a social network, you have to have some kind of filters. You have to do some kind of censorship. Otherwise, you'll be overwhelmed with pornography and Nazi hate speech. Uh, and uh, whether this is actually coming from pornographers or from people on the left who want to discredit the website, uh, it, it's hard to say. Nevertheless, you will be overwhelmed. And so the, the social media, the big social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, they have filters set in. They have censorship. And, of course, they don't want uh, ultra-conservative speech on their websites because they're appealing to international uh, audiences, and, and they're selling ads, and people are making money off of these platforms. I mean, they're not in it for their health. And, of course, they're not going to want uh, isolationism and nationalism and borders going up. That doesn't... That doesn't uh, sell their their product. Their product is something they want worldwide, and so they want open borders and internationalism and pacifism and socialism and all the things that are popular. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the people that own these companies or that are on the boards of these companies believe in any of that. They're just selling a product. That's all they're doing. They're selling a product. However, it does interfere with the conservative ability to get its message out. And so alternatives are needed. Now, whether or not we are able to come up with alternatives that are viable is uh, another, another question altogether, but there are opportunities out there to make this work. <clears throat> now, there are artificial intelligence programs to censor nudity, violence, uh, hate speech, naughty content, and it can be skewed any way that the owners of the platform want. So if they have a social media platform like Facebook and they don't want people talking about uh, the Second Amendment rights, then anything that has to do with guns and gun violence in the Second Amendment can be filtered out. However, that, that, that apparently is not working when it comes to people who are posting their gun collection and their desire to commit mass murder. And of course, as I've said before, although the conservatives praise the police, and that's great, you know, the police do a great job for us, the police also need to be supervised because they have a duty to go out and arrest these people that are making these violent threats on social media. 
and social media needs to be reporting this to the uh, jurisdictions as well. They have a responsibility. These are crimes. These are felonies that are punishable by prison time, and they should be because somebody who's threatening to kill other people on electronic media or through the mail uh, is not only illegal, but it's uh, premonitory. It, it, it says this just might happen, and occasionally it does. And then many people are killed when this sort of action could have been prevented by our jurisdictions, our police, our, our law enforcement agencies, if they had only taken action and followed the law. The law in Florida is very clear. It's a second-degree felony punishable by seven years in prison. And I don't mean in the county jail. I mean in a state prison for making violent threats on the media, electronically or through the mail. If you do it through the mail, by the way, it's a federal offense, and that's five years. And as I've reported to you before, there was a guy in Tallahassee a year and a half ago who was convicted because he mailed a letter to somebody threatening to kill them. And he was convicted, and he's doing hard time in a federal prison. So we not only need to praise our police and our law enforcement, but we also need to hold them accountable and make them do their job. And part of that job is enforcing the laws that are on the book. And this is the same for Congress. Congress is the oversight, the cop for the executive branch. The FBI is part of the executive branch. And they have every right in the world to call these people to task in the FBI, hold them accountable, charge them with crimes, and put them in jail. In Washington, obviously, there's a lot of fear of reprisal on both sides of the aisle. But that, nevertheless, should not preclude people from doing their job. And I understand Paul Ryan not wanting to create another incident like we had back in the late 1990s when Clinton was uh, impeached by the House. Of course, it didn't go anywhere in the Senate. But uh, the message was sent and put a, a big black mark on Clinton's pres presidency. So there are programs out there that will monitor and screen out whatever you want on a social media platform. And this is exactly what Facebook is doing. Well, good for them. You know, they're making money. Uh, is censorship right when it's applied to uh, social media? Is it constitutional? Well, yeah, it's constitutional. These are private enterprises. You can't step in and tell Facebook how to run their business unless they're doing something blatantly illegal. And freedom of speech is, is uh, meant to apply in public places and on public platforms. So a public platform is one that the government has decreed through legislation as being open. Uh, the Internet itself is an open platform. Of course, there's no absolute freedom of speech. That, that doesn't exist anywhere on the planet, uh, nor should it. I mean, you can't have people jumping on and, and, and displaying child pornography on, on the Internet. That, that is not freedom of speech. Uh, I, I don't think that there's any, uh, any court in the land that has ever upheld that as freedom of speech, although the courts have said that pornography 
adult por- pornography is freedom of speech, and you can't uh, you can't step on that in a, in a public forum. Local jurisdictions can uh, tweak the laws a little bit this way and that, but the First Amendment says that Congress shall make no laws that would impede free speech or the practice of religion, and it shall make you know it shall make no laws that uh, would put God or religion into government, and, and that's that's a good thing. I mean, we had too many too many religious wars in the 16th and 17th and 18th centuries, and that's why a lot of people left Europe and came to the United States to escape these religious wars. We don't want to stir that back up. We don't want another uh, holy war between the Protestants and the Catholics, between the Muslims and the Christians. We don't, we don't want that. We want everybody to get along. However, we do want to be able to expose the truth about groups like jihadists or groups on the left who basically want a single-party system, which would impinge on our freedom of speech even further. And so we need our own platform. But these are not easy things to form. They take time. They take money. They take energy, just like anything else in life that is of value. There's got to be some energy expended to bring it to fruition. And you say, well, Dr. Bill, why don't you do it? Well, you know what? It would be a full-time job. And I guess I'm kind of uh, old-fashioned in that I think that society has put so much time and effort into training me to be a doctor, and then 30, 40 years of experience and uh, the banks of knowledge that I've uh, amassed, I I feel like it would be a betrayal of the public that I would be stealing something from the public if I completely gave up medicine and went into the social media and broadcasting full-time. Now, the the time may come, and I, I feel like I'm getting closer to where I can say I've done everything I can do in medicine, I've given all that I have, and now it's time to do something else. And uh, that, that, that may be nearer than I, than I realized. Uh, you know, you, you start morphing as you grow older. You start changing and thinking about what your priorities are and where you want to go, where you want to head in life. I figure I've got another 20 years of, of being fully active. I've been in medicine 40 years. So it's not a stretch for me to think that uh, at some point I will leave medicine and uh, embrace social media completely, perhaps help found a social media platform. But it's not easy. Now, there are programs out there that you can use to start your own social media platform. You can host your own website. Uh, you can get your own URL. You can do a number of things. Uh, but remember that once you get this going, you're going to have to stay on this every day. You'll have to have the ability to respond to people's uh, input and blogs because you want to keep them interested. You have to have uh, parties. You have to host things both online and in person. You have to grow your product. You have to seek advertising. You have to have uh, filters so that you're not overwhelmed with with pornography and hate speech because that's going to happen if you don't do something to to keep that in check. 
And all these things take time, they take money, they take energy. And the ability of these algorithms, these computer program algorithms to filter out things that you don't want on the website also have to be tweaked. You can buy basic uh, algorithm programs, but then you have to put in the words and the pictures and the things that you don't want to pop up on your website. Now, this is what Facebook is doing, and of course, it's going to catch some conservatives because we're going to talk about the Second Amendment from time to time, and that's going to be a trigger. That's going to be a big trigger for these algorithms that are looking for what they consider to be inappropriate speech for their platform. They don't want to drive people away from their platform. They want to pull more people to them. I was uh, texting with one of my salespeople in China, and she's a young woman in her 20s. And we were talking about Mao and Mao Zedong, who led the Chinese in the 30s and 40s and 50s uh, to kick out the foreigners and implement the communist regime, which was a big failure. He was a success militarily, but he was a failure uh, as an emperor, as a ruler. He didn't know how to rule. And the country was starving in the 50s with his plans for great leap forwards and all of this. And we were talking about it. And, uh, and you know, I said, well, she, she said that Mao had done great things for their country. And I said, yes, in the military field, he was, uh, he was a hero. He, he, was, he kicked the Japanese out. He he pushed the Americans back south of the uh, of the 54th parallel and in, uh, in uh, or the 49th parallel in in Korea, and he helped keep the uh, Vietnamese a communist country completely. He helped take over the South, so he did what he was supposed to do to protect his borders, uh, but he didn't do well in other aspects. And she said she doesn't like war; she hates war. Now this is a young Chinese woman, a millennial who's saying, I hate war, uh, I'm a peace and love person. Now, if you want to appeal to that person on Facebook, you're certainly not going to talk about the Second Amendment and Second Amendment rights. First of all, she's going to be turned off, and she's not going to want to use Facebook. Secondly, she's going to say, oh, those Americans, they're just all uh, uh, warmongers and hate people, hate the rest of the world and kill each other and all the myths that are perpetrated uh, in the name of liberal BS against conservatives. Uh, and you have to remember that there are not many countries in the world that have gun ownership the way we do. So even though for us it seems like an everyday thing and an everyday thing to talk about, for the majority of the world it is not. It is absolutely a no-no. And people don't understand it. They don't understand what we have and what, why we do what we do. So you have to remember that something like Facebook, who's trying to appeal to an international audience, is not going to allow this sort of thing. Well, if we start our own website and our algorithms, how are we going to separate out appropriate Second Amendment speech that upholds the, and, and reports the decisions of the Supreme Court in upholding Second Amendment rights and the actual expansion of the Second Amendment rights over the past half decade. Because in the 19th century, 
there were not the freedoms uh, allowed under the Second Amendment that there are now. The Second Amendment has been expanded to include personal um, weaponry and, and self-protection with handguns, and that was not part of the 19th century interpretation of the Second Amendment. But how do we filter that and keep out people who are promoting the use of guns as uh, violence against the left. And that's, of course, what they're afraid of. They're afraid that we're going to attack them, that if we're armed, we'll have the ability to defend ourselves against them if they attack us, and that we will be able to take the offensive against them at some point, and there'll be another civil war. Will that happen? I don't know. It could. You know, I've been saying for years that I think we're getting closer, and you have to remember that we revolted against England for a 1% or 2% tax. And now we have taxes coming in. Well, actually, Trump is decreasing and decelerating those. And, and I think a lot of the country is breathing easier, despite what the left says. But we have to remember that taxation is a big issue. And if you don't think so, just look at what's going on in France this weekend. And last weekend, they're riding over a gasoline tax. And most people don't even drive. They don't even drive. They, you know, they, there may be a car in the family parked in a garage somewhere. But if you live in Paris, you're going to take the subway or a taxi or Uber. Nevertheless, there are people in the rural areas of France who have to drive. And for them, it's a big deal. They want to be able to drive without having to pay outrageous fees for gas and, and, and diesel. All that being said, this was a 25 cent tax on gasoline that the Macron government had uh, uh, passed through their legislation, but now it's been rescinded. And they're rioting in the streets. They're burning cars in Paris. They attack the, uh, uh, the uh, what is it, the Trump delays. How do you pronounce that, Joe? The triumph? Oh, I'm the wrong the big, one to ask about that. The big I, arch. I, I think your, your best effort's going to be way better than mine. <clears throat> On the Champs-Élysées, there's a big arch, and it represents the victory of Napoleon over somebody. And at any rate, the, the, the crowd, the riot crowd went in there, and they ransacked the place. It has some uh, some steps you can walk up and you can look out and and you know they broke in and took off with whatever I mean I don't know what what kind of stuff you could keep there the you know the, the city department of works probably has some brooms and shovels but uh, you know just the fact that they could break into what is basically their Washington monument their Statue of Liberty you know their their biggest uh, most central national monument and and uh, vandalize it. Uh, it says a lot about what's going on in Paris right now over taxes, over taxes. So we have to stop and think as we craft our social media website about how we're going to handle all of the issues and concerns that come up. And, you know, they're they're going to be major concerns. People are going to be upset and concerned about what's on there and what is said and what is not. So 
it's not an easy task. And there's a, a, a lot of criticism of Facebook and Twitter and people like Mark Zuckerberg, who was called to Congress, uh, who I believe founded Facebook, he and another fellow. Uh, what responsibility does Facebook have to, to be fair in its uh, presentation of policies and politics? Uh, in fact, Facebook worked actively to help prevent Trump from becoming elected president. And we found this out from people who have left there that, that had worked there and had been part of the uh, mechanism of scrutinizing and censoring and filtering political and social content that they did not want on their website. And this apparently, I, I don't know this for a fact, but this is reportedly a big part of Silicon Valley that they're anti-Trump. I don't know that that's actually true. I mean, there may be people who have founded companies that are anti-Trump, but I, I'm guessing that most of the board of directors are going to be pretty happy when business is good. But of course, they want to make sure that their interests are protected, that they uh, are able to continue to push their agenda, which is not going to be uh, nationalism and private enterprise, even though they believe in all of that personally, perhaps, uh, that's not what's going to sell. You know, I'm not going to uh, tell people don't take vitamins because they're going to get mad and they're not going to come see me, even though I know that the majority of vitamins are just a waste of money. But if somebody wants to come meet and see me as a, as a patient and they say, well, I'm also taking this vitamin, these mega B vitamins or ginseng or cinnamon or whatever's popular this month, and as long as I think it won't hurt them, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to say, that's fine, take it. And then they feel like I'm approving of them and that I'm with them. Now, there are times when I have to tell people, like taking large doses of vitamin C while you're on medication for cholesterol, that the vitamin C will counteract the effects of the cholesterol medication and that the strongest antioxidant that I can give you is not vitamin E or C or any other vitamin. It's... One of the statins, uh, the atorvastatin or the Lipitor or Zocor, or one of these medications that a lot of people think are bad, but these are some of the most potent antioxidants that you can take in pure form, unadulterated. So there are times when you, as a salesperson, as a service provider, as a radio station, as uh, a government, as a whatever, as a spouse, you got to go along if you think it's not going to hurt anything because you want to keep people in the fold. You want them to buy your product. You want them to buy your, your, your rap, your love, your medical practice, your radio show, whatever it is you want them to be involved. And, and so we have to stop and think about what it is we want to put into a website in order that we can keep our audience involved and that we can convert other people to our way of thinking. Well, with that, I'm going to go grab a cup of Joe while Joe plays some music. So we got Joe and Joe and Dr. Bill, and I'll be right back. Find us online at theanswertampa.com. 
With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. President Trump announced yesterday that retired Marine Corps General John Kelly, who has had the job for 18 months, chief of staff that is, will be leaving at the end of this year. Mr. Trump says Kelly's departure has been expected for months amidst reports that his role at the White House has been diminished over time. The top prospect to replace him, Vice President Mike Pence's chief of staff, Nick Ayers. The Heisman Trophy goes to an Oklahoma Sooner quarterback for the second straight year. Kyler Murray edged out Alabama's Tua Tungavailoa for college football's most prestigious individual honor last night. The announcement coming three weeks before Murray and the Sooners will take on Tungavailoa and the Crimson Tide in the first of two championship games in college football. And more than 1,200 arrests made in Paris yesterday in the ongoing protests about gas taxes. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical home of can care 727-384-6411 727-384-6411 hello this is dr bill handelman for our good friends at tampa bay imaging tbi provides state-of-the-art mri and ct scanning with the lowest radiation possible most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive tbi is conveniently located in tampa and st pete with evening and weekend appointments so call tbi today or ask your doctor in tampa call 813-386-3674 st pete call 727-545-9674 hey i'm brant so there's this guy named jordan he's a healthy guy he's a dad of six and he works as a guide in alaska And he goes to the doctor, true story, he goes to the doctor and he's diagnosed with cancer stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched earlier from medical insurance to MediShare where Christians share each other's medical bills. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this actually going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. So if you want to find out more, here is a number for you. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. Everybody's making money at it except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your online marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundtampa.com. That's surroundtampa.com. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. High risk for at risk in effect this morning through Monday evening. Mostly cloudy and breezy for today. A couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm, which could bring flash flooding and damaging winds. High today, 75. Partly cloudy night with a brief shower, low 57. Sun and areas of low clouds for tomorrow. Cooler with a high 63. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Kevin Snyder for AM860, The Answer. 
That was a little bit of Derek Commissar. I was hoping we could get some of the lyrics in there, Joe. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to beat that boy, I'm telling you. Well, the morning is but, young. <laughs> but uh, that was Don't Look Around, Don't oh, Know. Derek Commissar's in town. And we're talking about uh, Facebook and censorship this morning. And uh, Joe and I were talking during the break. And and reiterated what we had said earlier, which is that these are private enterprises and they're not covered by the First Amendment. So if they want to uh, limit the freedom of speech, especially when it applies to conservatives, hey, it's their platform. They can do what they want. For a lot of us, it's difficult to understand how Facebook can refuse to remove this cartoon. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen this yet. It's a uh, it's uh, the cartoon carries the words RGB killer panther. I pledge to defend my black community by any means necessary. And it shows a black panther with a, an American flag vest on. And he's cutting the throat of a cop who has his hands uh, bound behind his back and killing him. And uh, apparently this is OK. Uh, Facebook says this is art. This is not um, um, a political or racial message. I'm not so sure I agree with that, but uh, it's it's pretty disturbing to see this. I mean, it is uh, it's not real. It's a cartoon, but it is very vivid. Blood uh, coming out of the neck with the knife there. It's it's something to see. Now, why can they do this and and yet censor Second Amendment speech by conservatives on their website? Because it's their website. They can do what they want with it. It's not ours. So what do we do? Well, we got to make our own website. So how do you build a website? Networking online uh, is easy to do, but it's time consuming. I mean, it's not easy, easy. You have to have some understanding of how to program, and but it can be done. You can hire people to do this. It takes money. It takes time. So you have to make your profile on some kind of a platform, download messaging apps, download programs that will get you up and running, that will get your website going, uh, your hosting. Uh, you got to find your niche online. You got to be able to add people and have mechanisms where they can interact and talk with each other. And there are programs that do that. Uh, get your own gang started, throw a party, build it up. Work on those things that are important to you and that you want. Uh, there's platforms to build social network sites. Uh, there are social network engines, ELGG, Community Engine, Social Engine, Ning, N-I-N-G, PHP, Fox. Uh, these are all programs that you can get. Uh, Ning, I believe, is from... Uh, China, a Chinese software company, has developed that. Uh, it's cheaper than Social Engine. Uh, Community Engine is free and open source. ELGG is award-winning social network engine, completely open source. Open source, by the way, means that it's free. You can go and download these programs, and it doesn't cost you a penny, and you can start your own uh, your own social network site with these. So there are ways to do this. And so what do you do? 
you set up your website development environment. And so you're going to need to use something like MySoul as a backend to get started with. You got to set up a, a PHP based development environment, a personal home page. So you have to sit down and design all of this. You have to decide what you want to pull into it. Uh, you have to download and, and, and install programs for the platform uh, that you want to use to develop your website. And even though these things can be, a lot of this can be gotten through open source, through free software. And if you're interested in other open source software, uh, like if you're uh, a young guy who or gal who wants to start her own band and wants to do some recording but doesn't want to pay for an expensive program to record, uh, you can get Audacity, A-U-D-I-C-A-T-Y, Audacity, A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y, Audacity, which is open source, and that's what I use to record uh, commercials and pre-record shows when I'm going on vacation. It works very well. Uh, I just uh, just text the file or, or email the file to Joe, and uh, Joe picks it up. We did one on Saturday, didn't we, Joe? It's a great program, Audacity. Yeah. It really is. And it's free. It's completely free. Mm -hmm. So you can find a lot of good programs online that are completely free to start a social network. But <laughs> you're going to have to work it. It's going to be a full-time job if you want to make it a big deal, especially if you want to do a large uh, international conservative slanted uh, social network. And you have to be able to uh, have – ways to bring in videos and pictures and all kinds of content so that people can interact with each other. You have to be able to respond to blogs. You have to be able to censor, whether you like it or not. You're going to have to censor out some things. You can't have pornography uh, on a conservative website or you're going to lose a lot of the uh, religiously conservative people. And that's understandable. We don't want to do that. We don't want to offend people. We want to draw them in. And so you have a number of mechanisms whereby you can do this. There are simple, easy steps to do it. Uh, you have a requirement when you go to ELGG and download that, there are requirement checklist, database installation, how to configure your site, create an administrative account because somebody has to be the administrator and run the thing, then you have to finish it. Uh, if you want to have your own uh, URL, then you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to find somebody that will host your domain or you can host it yourself, but there's more work involved there. All this is time and money, time and money. So when we do think about this, it needs to be a group effort. And we're going to need some angels to help us fund this and to get it up and going. There have been some efforts to do this, and there are some social networks. There are some religious-based networks. Uh, but I don't think any of these are anywhere close to challenging uh, something like Facebook. And I don't think that we can expect to get the response, at least not at this point in history, that Facebook and other liberal social networks have been able to garner because our message right now is still, um, I'm, I'm not going to say it's nascent, it's, it's well established, but it, it, 
it's not going to make a lot of sense, especially to the millennials who are just starting out in the job market and don't have a lot to in their pockets to uh, to fight over and fight for and are still young and idealistic, whether they're in the United States or China, because the, the young salespeople I'm talking to in China, they sound a lot like my son and his friends. Uh, and I, I think that the millennials see themselves differently and that's okay. We saw ourselves differently when we were young. So it's going to take some time and effort. And I don't think we're going to see the uh, avalanche of a response that platforms like Facebook have seen. Nevertheless, we should not let that discourage us in any way. And we should remember that there are vehicles for us to do all of this. And that we can do it. So we're going to need not only the programs that are necessary to get this up and running, but we're also going to need the personnel. So we're going to have to have somebody who knows some, some basic programming and somebody who knows web design and somebody who knows how to get these programs for filtering and censorship. And so you're, you're talking about a pretty good-sized team that you're going to need to get going and to get started up. Let's say you need 15 or 20 people to get this up and running. Let's say you're paying an average uh, entry level for programmers and people in this bracket of, in our area, I'm going to guess 40,000. I mean, be generous and say 50 grand and 20 people. So that's 50,000 times 20. That's, that's what, a million bucks a year? just in salaries for startup. So that's, that's a good chunk of change. And then it, you're going to have to be able to get some advertising. So you're going to need some outside salespeople. They're going to require a little base money, uh, but basically they'll make their money off of their commissions. That's the way sales works. So you're going to need a sales force, which may not cost you anything, uh, but certainly you're going to have to feed that and give it time and give it attention, and uh, you've got to pay gas and you've got to pay some basics for them. There are going to be expense accounts that will have to be taken into account. So you're going to have that aspect of the business. You're going to have to be able to travel to go meet and greet. You're going to have to be able to uh, pump this out onto other uh, venues. So you're going to have to do advertising on radio or television or wherever you feel is appropriate for the market that you're seeking. So this becomes a multi-million dollar startup venture. It's going to take time and money, and you're not going to see a return for a few years. Most businesses, a minimum of two years, uh, I tell the young guys in medicine and young gals in medicine coming in that although they'll make a living, they're not going to make in six figures, which is something that most doctors expect to make for four or five years, at least if they go into private practice. Now, if they join a hospital group or a big clinic group, then they'll have a, an immediate guarantee uh, in the six-figure range, and then they'll have a, uh, an incentive package kind of like salespeople have where the more patients you see, the more work you do, uh, the more money you get. And, you know, it's a little bit of a, a end of the season. You divvy up what the uh, percentages of what's brought in by who after you take out the cut for management, we can't forget management for God's sakes. We got to pay the bureaucrats. 
they need money too. They need love. Always. Always. And, and Joe being a member of the bureaucrats, in a <laughs> sense, he wants his cut. And I want Joe to have his cut because I love Joe. No, right back at you, Doc. You got it, man. Hey, we had a great time last night. I think I pretty much have beaten this to death. Let's talk about the season. Mary threw a party for us all, and all the folks from the radio station were there. It was really good to see folks. And we even had uh, uh, the colonel, the chairman of the Hillsborough County Republican Party, was there. Did you see him last night, Joe? I did. Yeah, that's right. And Brooke was there with him. It was a fun time had by all. Absolutely. And uh, Brooke was on with us when we did our show on uh, election night. Uh, we were over at um, the pizza joint over. What's the name of that pizza joint? Duamichi's in Ybor City. Duamichi's. Great, great pizza. Great pizza joint. We had a ball, did the show live for three or four hours. Joe was back at the station. And Brooke was there with us along with the colonel. Uh, and uh, I've invited Brooke. I don't know if she's listening today, but I've invited her to join me on the show anytime she wants to talk about uh, the Republican Party and the issues that are germane to the party here in the Tampa Bay area and to the nation. And uh, the, uh, you know, Joe Gruder, who is, I think he was elected to the Senate from the Sarasota area. You know him, Joe. No, oh, yeah, he's, he's been, uh, well, I mean, he, he's been a player in this, uh, well, this area and, and kind of Bay Area pod- politics down in Sarasota, particularly for many, many years. He actually ran Donald Trump's uh, uh, presidential campaign in Florida back in uh, you know three years ago when that was going on. So yeah, he's he's been he's been around and about and a mover and shaker for a long time, and now he's in the state senate. Yes, sir. And uh, he was on my show, and we also talked with him out at the Trump rally for a few minutes. Uh, nice guy, a real go getter, and and full of energy. But he, I think, is being tapped for. Uh, running the the campaign in 2020 for for Trump, and uh, I think that the Colonel or Brooke told me that that Trump actually called him and said, "You're doing this," and uh, I guess that's 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 pretty high praise when the president calls you and says, "You're going to run my campaign in Florida." I, I think that's wonderful. Uh, so we had a, a lot of good people there, a lot of interesting people, a lot of big hitters. Barb was there; she's our our patron saint, so to speak, uh, the manager of the station. And she has been instrumental in seeing that all of this has come to fruition. And, of course, Mary, our our saleswoman, Mary. By the way, we all commented, we all live in Mary's world. <laughs> Mary right. is, she is energy personified. And she is just such a go-getter. And she is a whirlwind of activity, and we all kind of cycle through the uh, the, the, the vortex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're, we're living in her world, but it, it's, uh, it, it's an honor to live in her world, actually. I, she's, she does a lot for the station. I can't say enough about what a great group of people uh, I've been able to work with as – having my show and buying airtime from the station, and they've just treated me like family. Good folks. I think that this time of year it's important that we remember family and friends. I mean, it's important all of the year, but this is a really a special time that you can stop and, and put that universal hug on everybody. And, uh, 
you know, the whole world now is celebrating Christmas in some fashion or another. Even the Muslim world, they celebrate Christmas. I did not know that, but a lot of the Muslim countries have Christmas. Did you know that, Joe? I did not know that. No, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. Although, you know, one thing I thought was interesting, Dennis Prigger, who's on our station uh, 12 to 3 every day, he, he one time uh, uh, went, uh, talked about how when he was explaining to his sons, because, you know, uh, Dennis is a uh, Jewish person, and his he raised his sons that way, and he said how he explained to his sons about, uh, about Christmas was that it was um, a bunch of Christians celebrating the birth of a Jew. <laughs> which is a pretty clever way, of, and they were very interested in that. So it was a very clever way of uh, threading the needle, though, so to, so to speak. Absolutely, and, you know, you, most people don't realize that Jesus was a rabbi. That's right. That's, he saw himself as a rabbi, and rabbi just means teacher, and religious teacher, and that's what he did. And, of course, at that time, religion and general knowledge were so intermingled that you were you were a college professor, basically, who taught not only theology, but science and philosophy and sociology and whatever else. And uh, Jesus specialized in teaching uh, what he understood to be the word of the gospel and what he understood his father, if you believe in in, in God and Jesus as God, that, that that message was that he was changing the way that the Jews and the world looked at, at each other and a, a message of peace and love. And that's what the whole season is about. I guess we're all family in that respect, but it's amazing to me that this is celebrated so widely, and I think it's a great opportunity to reach out to the rest of the world. And as I said last week, we've exported uh, our version of Christmas around around the world, and it's it's been a great success. And I think that we need to continue to do that, and it's a wonderful way to export uh, our culture and our way of life and our Judeo-Christian beliefs. And, uh, you know, the, the, the New Testament's not that much different than the Old Testament. There's a few things, as I said last week, that are in there. But uh, I, I just love this time of year. I was out there working on the lights again last night. A couple of the strings had come unplugged, so I got my ladder out and went up there. And I was surprised one of my patients who lives in the neighborhood came in and said, Doc, I drove by your house. It's beautiful. Who'd you have do it? Looks so so good. Who who's your? Because you know there are professional companies that will come in and do that in in higher end neighborhoods like ours. I said I did it. What are you talking about? I got my scaffolding out and rolled it around and put everything up. And it's an opportunity to say to friends and neighbors and people that we know and love and even those who are just riding around and looking that this is a wonderful time of year to do all the things that we do and give all the things that we have to give back to those who have been so gracious in giving to us. And that's a, that's a really truly loving way to look at it. And I don't think that requires you to be a a religious person. I think that's, that's just part of being a human being. Well, we're getting close to the end of the show and Joe's counting it down for me five seconds at a time. And my phone's beeping, and oh my God, he's so efficient. I don't know what we're going to do here, but I really have had the, the pleasure of being with you, and I hope you with me. Love you guys, and I will see you next week. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.